We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC Championship by the final score. The Eagles 31, the 49ers 7. Attention. Air traffic control. A flock of eagles is heading to Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, man. Mr. Reese, pack your bags. We're going to the Super Bowl. We are, and we cannot wait. Pack your bags. The eagles are headed to Arizona. Welcome on in. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494 on a Monday night. After the NFC Championship game, the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, just like hearing Merrill say it again, it's real. The Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl. And, and there was no doubt during that Sunday afternoon, no doubt that the Eagles were the better team. And they just ran all over the 49ers on offense. They pushed them right on defense. That was as, I mean, really two weeks in a row, as easy of playoff victories to head to a Super Bowl as we will ever see. What an amazing day for the Eagles. And I want to take everyone's reaction tonight. 215-592-9494. How you're feeling. And and what I want to talk about to start the show, look, we have two weeks on this and I, I can't wait. We'll get into everything from Andy Reid, which is just, I mean, it's it's almost as if it was scripted for WIP that Andy Reid gets to go up against the Eagles. Angelo's last couple weeks, Andy Reid against the Eagles. It is amazing and it'll be a great Super Bowl matchup. But yesterday, I had so many favorite parts of watching that game as as you, you could tell pretty early on, the game was the Eagles game. And once Brock Purdy got knocked out of that game and once he was hurt, and we found out today a, a significant injury that's going to require surgery, once he was out, the game was virtually over. I mean, I, and I was watching at home with my, my kids and my son, who's eight, and, you know, kind of starting to understand the game a little bit. And we were watching, and then the Eagles, after they scored that first touchdown, you know, they didn't move the ball for a while. Then they had like 13 yards in the next three drives total. They, they didn't move the ball. And he was starting to get nervous because the Niners scored the McCaffrey touchdown. And I'm like, I just keep watching the Eagles defense against Josh Johnson. I'm like, if the Eagles get to 20 points, this game is over. There's no way the Niners are scoring unless the Eagles give the, literally give them the ball and say, here, just take it. Like, just don't take safeties, which they almost did at one point. Don't throw interceptions. Like, just don't give the ball to the Niners. And this thing is over. But you know what yesterday was as it, it kind of played itself out over the course of the afternoon? It was a coronation for a team that deserves one. This team was great. This is a not just a good team. This has been a great football team from the start of the season. And there was doubts about how good they could be, how great they could be, and they've answered the bell at every turn. I mean, they're 16-1 and with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. They've just dominated two playoff games to a level where you almost never see it happen. 
And now they're headed to the Super Bowl as a favorite over the greatest quarterback of this generation and one of the great coaches ever. That should tell you all you need to know about how great this football team is. But I, I had a couple moments yesterday where I just felt we're, we're so perfect in terms of just encapsulating what this team was about. And I, I had a lot, I started writing them down like as I was watching them, like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And I, I saw this after the game and, and I, I couldn't believe the symmetry of the date. So Nick Sirianni yesterday, I thought he coached a great game. Obviously, his team was ready. They played extremely well. They were the tougher team. They blocked extremely well. He had the better. He was the better coach on the field yesterday, and he had two great situational moments, to which his counterpart did not. So early in that game, he goes for the fourth and three, which led to the Devontae Smith catch, which actually wasn't a catch. But just think about that sequence there. Nick Sirianni was bold enough early in the game to go for a fourth and three in a spot where I wouldn't say it was a crazy fourth down, but it, you know that's a spot where maybe a defensive game, you anticipate a defensive game, maybe some coaches would either try to long field goal or they would have punted. Nick Sirianni did neither. Hertz throws the ball down the field after rolling left, and Devontae Smith makes an incredible attempt at a catch. And at first it looked like a catch, but just think about the coaching difference in that moment right there. Sirianni unfazed by the moment. Meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan, who might win coach of the year over Nick Sirianni, was complete. I mean, I thought that was of the coaching decisions yesterday. That was the most egregious, simple thing that a coach got wrong. When when Devontae Smith stood up and he is screaming at his teammates to get to the line, get to the line. It is the only tell you need. He's giving it away. He knows he didn't catch the football. And and Shanahan's talking about, well, we didn't have a good. You don't need an angle, man. No, no one needs an angle or a replay. No wide receiver is going to get up and give away the fact that he didn't catch the football. They all lie. Like, if he if he thought he caught it, he would have pretended he caught it. But he knew he didn't catch it, and he called us here to the line. And there is, you know, there's Sirianni, his player, his team, his aggression paying off, and the other coach not. And then, I mean, the next, I met later in the game, a little bit later, second quarter, Fourth and one from their own 34-yard line. I mean, you got to have some guts to go for fourth and one from your own 34 against the best defense or one of the best defense in the NFL, and they got it, and they kept moving the chains. And I thought it was just perfect symmetry. Let's go back in time here. Two years ago to the day that Nick Sirianni leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl, we got to hear this as he was introduced for the first time as Eagles head coach. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're gonna, we're gonna, know, we're gonna have systems in place that are easier to learn, all right? Complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over. But we need to have systems in place, and we will have systems in place to do so. Let's not get this twisted. Every single one of us felt a bad feeling in our stomach listening to that first press conference. Not that we knew we'd be a bad coach or we knew we'd be a great one. But no one could have felt good about his ability to lead a room. And two years later, that guy talking about systems and whatever that was supposed to be, led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. As I started thinking about my favorite parts of yesterday, the symmetry for Nick Sirianni, how far he's come as Eagles coach, that was the first thing I thought of. The second one, 
was Jalen Hurts, the most controversial draft pick in Eagles history. Tucker and I sat here the night he was drafted, and I'll never forget the reaction. I'll never forget Tucker's face. Why is a ghost in there? Like, did the Eagles really just draft a quarterback in the second round? It's turned out to be the best draft pick in Eagles history. I believe that. But more than that, the controversy turned Jalen Hurts, who is not a controversial figure. I mean, he, he's, he's very likable into a polarizing player in this fan base. From the day he was drafted, some people got it and understood it was a hedge, it was it was a uh, you know a look to the future, it was a might we might need this insurance policy. Most hated it. And yesterday and I, I think over the course of this season this fan base has almost fully come around on Jalen Hurts as the guy. But he needed a moment. And you know what his moment was yesterday? It had nothing to do with on the field. He didn't even play a great game against a great defense. He was he just kind of got through that game yesterday. And his legs and his ability to not make a mistake is why, you know, he was on the winning side. But how about this moment? You you won't confuse this for a Grammy Award winning moment. You know what it was? It was Jalen Hurts' true moment where he was accepted and and I, I thought yesterday he became the Eagles franchise truly when he sat there or stood there. And he sang the fight song. I Eagles lie on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles fly. Go and touch down one, two, three. In a low, in a high. And watch those Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles fly. On the road to victory. <laughs> you know when you sing with people like you you know you're comfortable with your family like a happy birthday with your family i mean most people can't sing we're all off key we all i mean for the most part maybe, maybe once in a while you have someone in your family that actually has a good voice but for the most part we're all bad at it and usually you're not comfortable doing it unless you're with your family unless you're with people you're comfortable with that was the moment yesterday after an mvp caliber season where it, it all it, that was it. Jalen Hurts became the face of the Eagles, not to everyone else. That that's been going on for a while. Everyone realized how good this guy is. But that was the moment after less than three years ago, the most controversial draft pick I have ever seen, fully accepted, fully embraced. I love that moment yesterday. You know what else I love yesterday? Hassan Reddick being the best player on the field for the Eagles. You know why? Because he was the first domino to fall in the best offseason I've ever seen an executive have. You know, there's a lot of moments in Howie's offseason that made the Eagles as good as they are right now. Obviously deciding to roll with Jalen Hurts to avoid Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. That was critical. The the signing of Chauncey Gardner, the trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson late in the summer was critical. Signing of James Bradbury, trade for A.J. Brown. We can go through all of these. But the one, the first domino to fall was Hassan Reddick. And I remember the shows we did that day because it wasn't overwhelming excitement. It, it, like, there was n- no one thought that they would sign a guy that would have 19 and a half sacks in 19 games and would be the best player on the field as the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. He just wasn't thought of that way. He was thought of as a nice player, but I remember a lot of the conversation was, well, if he's so good, why has he been on three teams in three years? Why did the Cardinals keep him? Why did the Panthers keep him? And, and he's become one of the best free agent signings in Eagles history. I love that because it was the first domino to fall. You know what else I loved yesterday? My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the game yesterday was watching the 49ers meltdown because the Eagles broke their will yesterday. 
That in the fourth quarter, I mean, first of all, it was fr- it was frustrating to watch Greenlaw punching at the ball, and then when they shoved Jalen Hurts laid out of bounds. I mean, that's annoying. It's cheap shot stuff. Trent Williams is a loser. That guy's been a career loser. He remains a loser. He'll never be on a, a championship team. He's a loser. But th- th- those moments yesterday, they broke them. Like the Niners came in here, they hadn't lost the game since October. Anytime they faced adversity for the last three months, they, they figured it out. They won games on their third-string quarterback. Yesterday, the Eagles were so mentally strong and so much better on that field, they broke that team. They were, I mean, they were throwing cheap shots at the end of that game because they knew they were dead. That was incredible to watch. And the last thing that I loved, the 215-592-949 for my favorite moments from yesterday, was Kenny Gainwell once again doing his thing. Because I, I feel like, I think it was James Seltzer I saw through this out this morning. It's a great comparison. Kind of the, the Corey Clement of this year. In that it takes all 53 to win in, in, win a championship. And were any of us talking about Kenny Gainwell when the playoffs began? Any of, No one was. I mean, his role this year was not as much as I thought it would be. It was once in a while they'd use him, but he really wasn't a big part of it. He didn't run that well. And in the postseason, he's been their leading rusher. The guy's been incredible. 215-592-9494. What was your favorite party yesterday as we watched the Eagles clinch the NFC Championship at home? I mean, the game itself obviously was a runaway. Once Purdy got hurt, I think we all knew it. The Eagles were going to the Super Bowl. They were the better team by a lot. They were the best team in the NFC this year. But yesterday just felt like three hours of a coronation for what they've built here. For Nick Sirianni becoming a coach that Almost none of us thought he could be. For Jalen Hurts being fully accepted by this entire fan base and singing the fight song. Hassan Reddick, really the, the first part of the best offseason I've ever seen an executive have with Harry Roseman. The Eagles breaking the 49ers' will was just sweet to see. Like, that team has been in three conference title games the last four years. They're, they're supposed, they were supposed to be the experienced team there. And they felt like the punks who got beat up and didn't know what to do. They felt like the bully who got punched in the mouth and didn't know what to do. Cheap shots at the end. And I was just sitting there like, this is what you've been reduced to? Really? This is what the Niners have been reduced to? And then the Candy Gamewell show continues. It's, it's truly a team game. All 53 contributed yesterday and over the whole season to the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. 215-592-9494. It was a celebration yesterday. A true celebration like a financial field. What was your favorite part? Watching, or if you're in the building, your favorite part of yesterday's game. I have so many. It, it started with just Sirianni. Two years to the day of that speech. All of a sudden, now he's got the Eagles in the Super Bowl. In, I mean, just an incredible day for the Eagles franchise, and an incredible day for this entire fan base. Tucker, who's your favorite party yesterday? There's so many to choose from. Obviously, the game itself was over pretty early. Yeah, I mean, and it was ugly. The way a, a public execution is ugly. They they took the 49ers, who I thought were you know, well-deserving of being in that game, and mm-hmm. they made them quit. Kyle Shanahan turtled. That defense gave up. They imposed their will on both sides of the ball, and he mentioned the cheap shots they, they were doing at the end of the game. I mean, you think about it. They were the best run defense in the NFL. The Eagles ran for four touchdowns against them. They talked about how amazing their offensive line was with Trent Williams. They pressured uh, Josh Johnson on something like 70% of his dropbacks until he got hurt on that hit by Indomitian Sue. I mean, I woke up this morning and all the thoughts that, well, you know, the 49ers might have been a better team, according to what? It didn't matter who was playing quarterback. No. They had Joe Montana, Steve Young. You could have dug up Bart Starr and put him back there. It wouldn't have mattered. The Eagles came out, and they won the way they've won all year, and that's by dominating 
both lines of scrimmage. Like, this is how they were built to win. They weren't built to win on the arm of Jalen Hurts or the legs of Miles Sanders or, or you know, the, the catching and, and running ability of, of guys like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They were built to win in the trenches. And yesterday, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, and on the other side, Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick, imposed their will for three hours and made the 49ers quit. Yeah, they made them quit. And, and some of the, you know, I think the Eagles take it as a, a challenge when someone brings up how good a run defense is. I mean, that, that, that was the Niners thing, right? Like, you can't run the ball in the Niners. I remember last year against the Saints when they played them, can't run the ball in the Saints. And they, like, that, the, the Sanders touchdown, Kelsey and Dickerson drove Javon Kinlaw seven yards back. I mean, it looked like if you were, like, wrestling around with your your kid or your nephew or whatever and and you know you let them push you across the room and they're having fun and they're laughing or you push them and everyone's having fun and la- that was they took a, one of the a, a first round pick Javon Kinlaw is a good player and they drove him back 7 yards into the end zone and Miles Sanders waltzed right in they made them look like a team that didn't deserve to be there the Niners hadn't lost a football game in 3 months and yesterday they they got Destroy 215-592-949. Let's go to the phone lines here. I'm excited to hear what everyone has to say because I have so many favorite moments from a, a game that we won't forget for a long time. Alex is up on WIP. Hey, Alex. Hey, Joe. Good evening. Good go evening, Bird. buddy. What's up, buddy? Hey, I just wanted to call in and share my favorite moment from the game. Um, been a season ticket holder. My my father, my grandfather has since they've been playing in Franklin Field. Awesome win yesterday. I'm lucky enough to have been to both playoff uh, divisionals, both conference championships. I will say one of the loudest times I can recall at the link. Um, after, after we saw Purdy was not coming back out, they had that big sack on Johnson. Then you see the line break through again and come at him again on, on third down, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, the place exploded. Awesome statement win yesterday love to see it yeah and it, you, Alex it was rel- that pass rush yesterday was relentless I mean it's just every time it didn't matter if it was Purdy or Josh it didn't matter who the quarterback was I mean if, I think they could have had Purdy all game they could have had Garoppolo healthy I mean it, it wouldn't have mattered they they were in the backfield every snap yeah you know a, a, a couple people said to me oh you know it's the third string quarterback I was like it doesn't matter you see what that pass rush does to opposing teams it's lethal I mean, it's lethal. It took Purdy out. It took Johnson out. Um, that's that's the reason they're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, part of it. Oh, it's I, it's a gigantic part of it. Alex, you're right, man. I appreciate your phone call, and that's awesome. You got to be there for both of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when Josh Johnson came in, the, the it became you could that, like there's a line, there's a, a, a kind of a standard of play in the NFL, and and they reached it and they kept it with Brock Purdy. Most teams don't have a standard of play with three quarterbacks. That's testament to the Niners. Once Purdy was unable to throw, the game was over. I mean, because Josh Johnson was not going to move the football in the Eagles, but that the pass rush, it's incredible how good it is. You know, there's good pass rush in the NFL, but they don't they don't get that much. This has been a heater for. I'm trying to remember when this like when did this start? This pass rush heater they've been on. December, late November. I mean, they've been on it for a while now. Where it just feels like every game, just pencil them in for five or six sacks or knocking a quarterback out. It's it's this. You know, it wasn't like this all year. It's been a good pass rush all year. They obviously had the game in what week three against the Commanders and Wentz, where they had nine sacks. But sometime around late November, early December, they just started getting after the quarterback at a level I've never seen before. I, I was not old enough. 
in the mid and late 80s to watch the other teams that have you know ended up near the top of the all-time sack leaders, right? The 85 Bears. I think it was like an 87 Vikings team uh, I, with Chris Dolman on that team. I wasn't old enough to watch them. I've never seen a pass rush generate this many sacks for this many games in a row. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, how many they is have it? Multiple sacks in every game since October 30th. It's nuts. Even good pass rushers don't do that, right? You have a game where you get a lot of pressure, but you don't get the sacks. That happens a lot in the NFL. To c- continue to get home, and Hassan Reddick, I, I just, I-, I go back to this. How did the rest of the NFL not see what he could become and was becoming? I mean, got Mr. Temple over here. How come you weren't saying last last uh, te- last February to me and everybody else listening, they got to get this guy? I mean, I didn't think it was possible. And I, I think, you know, shout out to the Arizona Cardinals, and he gets to go back to Arizona next week. It's pretty cool. Shout out to them for putting him at middle linebacker for three <laughs> years and declining his fifth-year option and completely tanking his value around the NFL. I mean, he signed a one-year, $9 million deal last year with the Carolina Panthers, put up double-digit sacks, and all he got was three years, $45 million. I think he's third in the NFL in sacks over the last two years behind Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett. I mean, that's the company he's keeping. If I remember correctly, two seasons ago, or three seasons ago, right? Like, not last year, the year before. Late in the year for the Cardinals, right before he left the Cardinals, he had like a five-sack game. He did. Out of nowhere. uh, Chandler Jones got hurt, and that's what made them move him back to outside linebacker. And I think he had 10 sacks in the last, like, seven games of the year. It's almost like in, in baseball when a pitcher has to change roles, like he's a reliever that has to start for a game or he's a starter. Oh, let's put him in the bullpen. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a second. Is he throwing 101 and just struck six guys out in a row? Like, maybe we've got something here. But it took two years for anyone to realize this. His sack totals are silly. He had two and a half, then four, then one, and 12 and a half, 11, 16. And now he, I, I believe right now, you can call him. And I understand Bosa is a great player, though Bosa was very quiet yesterday. And we know Parsons is a great player, and Watt is a great player. There's a lot of great players. Chris Jones, Aaron Donald. But I think you could say right now, without sounding silly, Hassan Reddick is the best pass rusher in the NFL. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. We'll get to everyone. I want to hear everyone's reaction on this. What was your favorite part from yesterday? Your favorite moment of yesterday? So many. Sirianni, two years to the day of that disaster of a press conference, hoisting an NFC championship. Jalen Hurts having his moment with 70,000 people who all love him now. Hassan Reddick wrecking the game. He was the first piece of this offseason puzzle. Kenny Gainwell. Having another big day after kind of an afterthought. That shows you how the whole roster matters. And the 49ers mentally tapping out. They quit. They quit. The Eagles made them mentally tap out. 215-592-9494. We'll hop it. We'll come back. All your phone calls on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties 
the game! Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.